Praise God, praise God. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Inspired by the Word Times of Devotion. We're going to be speaking in tongues for the next 15 minutes, taking our texts from 1 Timothy 2, from verse 1. I exhort, therefore, the first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Praise the Lord. In this light, we're going to be weaponizing the scriptures as we pray. We're going to be declaring that... Um, the Lord of the harvest, who is the Holy Spirit, causes the harvest, the, the, the laborers to be bold, emboldened. The laborers who are the Christians born again and filled with the Holy Ghost right now, to be emboldened as they preach the gospel, as we go out for to harvest souls in places of leadership in the nations of the world and other people in different countries different nations hallelujah that specifically the laborers are emboldened hallelujah let's go ahead and pray in other tongues at this time kindly unmute yourself and let's pray I'm <laughs> 
Blessed be God, Oh Lord, we worship you. We bless your holy name, oh God. Ligrondo Pradagabasataya. For your desire, oh God, for all men is that they come to the knowledge of the truth of your word. Yes, oh God, at this moment we declare that everyone, oh God, in the field preaching the gospel of God is emboldened at this time, oh God, irrespective, oh God, of the situations, of the circumstances. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus, for the Holy Ghost is the Lord of the harvest. Yes, the Holy Spirit pushes out, forces out laborers into his harvest. We are emboldened by the Spirit of God. We are emboldened to preach this gospel. Hallelujah. Unapologetic. Hallelujah. We preach this gospel unapologetically. For we are activists for the kingdom. We are activists for the kingdom. And we have the expansionist agenda. We are filled with the Holy Ghost at all times. And we deliver the word, the word of truth, hallelujah, with boldness, with confidence, with zeal. 
so that as we preach, hallelujah, many are convinced in their hearts, hallelujah. Your heart preach them, oh God. They not only receive this salvation, oh God, they receive it and immediately, oh God, they begin to communicate it to others, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, and this causes a huge harvest, oh God, in the leadership of nations, hallelujah, in the leadership of states, in the leadership of counties, in the leadership of God, of territories, in the leadership of organizations, oh, thank you, precious Father. Hallelujah. Yes, because we see a huge harvest of souls. Oh, and we are all vitally involved. Hallelujah. Preaching this gospel at all times by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Depending on where you are connecting from at this time, you are welcome to the Inspired by the Word Times of Devotion. And we are here ready to be inspired in our spirit. Hallelujah. And learn more of the Word of God at this time. I hope you are ready. I'm excited to be here. And I hope you are too. Praise God. At this time, I'm going to hand over to the esteemed Amarak. Thank you, Ma, for this opportunity. Over to you, Ma'am. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Pastor Deborah. Thank you for the times of prayers. Thank you, everyone. And welcome to yet another time in our devotional with the Lord. And, you know, I'm just thinking what these times are doing in us. Do you know that the most important thing to God is what happens in you, in your fellowship with him, in your walk with him? It is actually the testimony of what happens in you that is your gospel. So when he says, go and bring others, go and preach to others, he was saying that, I want you to experience me in a way that will make you tell others so that they can come and experience me. It's about the personal experience with him. And it's about what happens in you. you know, so it's, it's a beautiful journey. It's a beautiful journey. Praise God. Hallelujah. Today's um, Rhapsody of Reality's devotional article. Today is Friday, 12th February, 2021. Um, just a second. Praise God. So today is um, February 12th, Friday. And the title of today's devotional says, Persisting in Prayer. Our opening scripture is taken from James 5 and verse 16. It said, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
The Amplified Classic Version of our theme verse places the premium on persistent prayer. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. The word continued is a clear indication that there must be some persistence. You don't just mutter a few words and say the issue is done and dusted. You keep pushing until you have the note of victory in your spirit. Take a Take a cue from the master. On a certain occasion, he took his three closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, with him to a place called Gethsemane to pray. Matthew 26, 39 tells us, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Look by the spirit reviews. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Luke 22 and verse 44. Jesus was distraught and he prayed with, with, with much intensity. There was no casual to this was no casual two-minute prayer. Recall that he chastised the disciples for their weakness and inability to keep watch, that he used to pray with him for an hour. You find that in Matthew 26, verse 40. The Lord persisted because he understood what was at stake. When he was praying about, what he was praying about was beyond himself. He was about to endure his separation from his father. Um, this was one of the questions that we asked um, um, one of those days. And um, so we can actually see the answer here. He was about to endure his separation from his father. It was about the salvation of generations, past, present, and future. He was looking at eternity for all those who had gone by and those who were living at the time, and those who would ever come. So he prayed and persisted in prayer. This is what is required of us today. The stakes are much higher than ever. There's a fight for the souls of men, and we must agonize in prayer for their salvation. We must keep praying and interceding until the last soul that must be won is reached and brought into the kingdom before the rapture of the church. I was having a conversation with somebody about the rapture of the church and I was telling him that the timing is actually, um, um, it is the church that would determine the timing. And how, how do I mean? The Bible says that there is a number of Gentiles that must come to Christ before the rapture. Once that number is hit, the rapture takes place. And, you know, I was also talking to somebody and I was saying that you that have come to Christ, do not give up your position. Do not give up your slot because you have been counted in the number. If you give it up, you give another person an opportunity to take that slot. You know, 
um, 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 the Bible says in the last days, many shall fall away from the faith. But glory to God, we are not of them who fall. Because in this same last days, it talked about a great catch, a great influx of soul. And we are seeing this even more and more daily across our congregation. We're seeing them come in their hundreds, in their thousands. We're seeing souls. The other day, um, um, my, my, my PCF in church, we went out on evangelism and, you know, some of my guys, we were, we were working together as we won souls, you know, and there was just this hunger. There was nobody who said no. There was not one person who refused the gospel, as in I am serious. Not one. Nobody had a testimony that one person refused the gospel. So more than ever before, the harvest is indeed ready. It's readier. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is crying to be harvested. You know, so the persistence in prayer that Jesus is talking about here is you taking it personal upon yourself that men must come to Christ. And this is what we do the first 15 minutes when we pray. Don't be the one who joins after the first 15 minutes. That first 15 minutes to God might just be most important in this devotion because more than ever before, God is seeking that all men may come to remember, come to repentance more than ever before. He said, if we we'll pray this prayer, You know, we, we, we see that in, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 to 4, the same one that we used to pray every morning. He said, if we pray this prayer, he said, we'll live a quiet and peaceable life. Um, I, I, I got a message, it was, it was two days ago, of someone who um, was um, robbed you know, and um, it was yesterday I was getting the full information and um, um, the guy was telling me that he was, um, he was apprehended with cutlass and, you know, these guys who robbed him used cutlass on him all over his body. And, you know, he was in a coma in the hospital. He says, if we would pray this prayer, we would live a quiet and peaceable life. That means you will walk even at night and you'll be in peace. We will not have to worry about the robber. We will not have to worry about the politician. We will not have to worry about the business guy who doesn't want others to prosper. We would not have to worry about the deep state guy. 15 minutes of your day is all that the Lord is asking for, for you to pray this prayer. Pray it like it depends on you. Persist in prayer. 
For a lot of Christians, the only time they cry is when they are praying about their needs. As though they are trying to convince God with their tears to do something for them. And those prayers don't work because God has done everything that he needs to do for you. There is nothing that God is going to do for you. If you understand prayer for the New Testament believer, it is more of intercession. It's more of intercession. The place where we receive, where we, where we lambano that which is ours, is in our fight of faith. Which the other day I was telling you that your fight of faith is insisting that the transient temporal conditions and circumstances of life align with your stubborn faith proclamations. That's where your affirmations come in where you are insisting that you are who God says you are, that you have what God says you are, have, that you can do what God says you can do, that you are where God says you are, that God is to you who the word says he is. When he says he is my peace, he is my peace. I refuse to be troubled. I refuse to be troubled by sickness. I refuse to be troubled by any man. where you, see, you insist that Jesus Christ is to you, who the word says he is, that he is your righteousness. Even when it seems like you've made a mistake, that the Holy Spirit is to you who the word says he is, that is your fight of faith. Stop using your times of prayers to cry to God, to do something for you. If you would cry, let it be that you are crying that the will of God is done on earth. Let it be that you are crying for an auntie, for an uncle, for a friend, for a colleague, for your boss, for your business partner, that they may come to Christ. That they may come to the knowledge of Christ. He said, there's a fight for the souls of men and we must agonize in prayer. Do you know what the word agonize means? Agony. Agonize in prayer for their salvation. We must keep praying and interceding until the last soul, until the last soul, until the last soul that must be won is reached and brought into the kingdom before the rapture of the church. Hallelujah, praise God. Over to you, Sister Joy, for the further study and the prayer. Thank you so much, everyone. God bless you. Thank you so much, Ma. As you were just ministering, God was just putting the names of certain people in my heart that I need to intercede for. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you, Ma, for the opportunity. Good morning, Ma. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are connecting from. I'm taking the further study. Um, we're reading from 1 Timothy 2.8. It says, Are we therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without rot and doubting? Luke 18.1-5. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge 
which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary, and he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, least by her continual coming she weary me. Praise God. And right now we're going to move into the confession of the day. Okay, the prayer of the day. And you don't have to unmute your mic. Just um, take it along with me or after me with your mic muted. Praise God. Dear Father, thank you for helping me build a strong and prevailing prayer life. Through the Holy Spirit, even now, I pray for a great and mighty Sorry, I pray for a great and mighty hall of souls into the kingdom. Your glory covers the earth today. The light of your gospel and the souls of the un sorry, and the souls of the unconverted are impacted with the light of your gospel turning them from darkness to light and glorious liberty of the sons of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this wonderful opportunity. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother as he takes us through the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Thank you so much, Ma. Over to you, Brother Z. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on where you're co connecting from. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Amara, for this opportunity. So we have been reading the message translation of the New Testament, and it's been a very interesting read. Yesterday, we went through Jesus um, going, on, going to the cross. Um, most of us can remember the movie, The Passion of Christ. And all that took place in that movie. Very, very, very graphic and touching. So we read today from verse 44. And I'd like us to open up the eyes of our understanding. And um, see ourselves in that place. And so we can get blessed by the scriptures and by the word of God. Praise God. So verse 44 says, verse 45 says, From noon to three, the whole earth was dark. After, after mid-afternoon, Jesus groaned out of depths crying loudly, Eli, Eli, Lambak Sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some bystanders who heard him say, he's calling for Elijah. One of them ran and got a sponge, soaked in sour wine, and lifted it on a stick so he could drink. The others joked, don't be in such a hurry. Let's see if Elijah comes and saves him. But Jesus, again, crying out loudly, breathed his last. At that moment, the temple curtain was ripped in two, top to bottom. There was an earthquake, and rocks were split in pieces. What's more, tombs were opened up, and many bodies of believers asleep in their graves were raised. After Jesus' resurrection, they left the tombs, entered the holy city, and appeared to many. 
you know, there was a question asked the other day that how we identify people that are in heaven. These were the these were the, these were the saints of the Old Testament that they came into the city. They they came out from the tombs. Praise God. Verse fifty-four. The captain of the guard and those with him, when they saw the earthquake and everything else that was happening, were scared to death. They said, this has to be the son of God. There was also a few women watching from a distance, women who had followed Jesus from Galilee in order to serve him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's brothers. Verse 57, the tomb. Late in the afternoon, a wealthy man from Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus arrived. His name was Joseph. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate granted him request. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean linens, put it in his own tomb, a new tomb only recently cut into the rock and rolled a large stone across the entrance. Then he went off. But Mary Magdalene and other Mary stayed sitting in plain view of the tomb. You know, you can see it's so significant that um, when all the other disciples ran away, there was a, a particular disciple called Joseph of Arimathea. And the difference between him and the others was that he was a man of influence. And he tells us that in this world we are living, we need to dominate, we need to be influential because he was able to go to the government and get the body of Christ while the other disciples ran away based on his influence, based on his capacity and his development as a person. Verse 62, after sundown, the high priest and the Pharisees arranged a meeting with Pilate. They said, sir, we just remember that that liar announced while he was still alive. After three days, I will be raised. We've got to get that tomb sealed until the third day. There's a good chance his disciples will come and steal the corpse and then go around saying, he's risen from the dead. They will be worse off than before. The final deceit surpassing the first. Pilate told them, you have a guard. Go ahead and secure it the best you can. So they went out and secured the tomb, sealing the stone and posting guards. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. At this moment, I'll hand over to Brother John to read the Old Testament. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Brother Z. So, so we've moved to, to Leviticus. Well, and um, I've been excited since yesterday that I've been able to finish Genesis, Genesis and Exodus. So we're in Leviticus now. So whole bonds offering. Remember, we're reading the message translation. So the whole bonds offering from verse 1. God called Moses and spoke to him from the tents of meeting. Speak to the people of Israel. Tell them, when anyone presents an offering to God, present an animal from either the herd or the flock. If the offering is a whole bonds offering from the herd, present a male without a defect at the entrance of the tent of meeting that it may be accepted by God. Lay your hand on the head of the whole bond offering so that it may be accepted on your behalf to make atonement for you 
slaughter the bull in God's presence. Aaron's sons, the priests, will make an offering of the blood by splashing it against all sides of the altar that stands at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Next, skin the whole burnt offering and cut it up. Aaron's sons, the priests, will prepare a fire on the altar, carefully laying out the wood and then arrange the body parts, including the head and the sweat, on the wood prepared for the fire on the altar. Scrub the entrails and legs clean. The priest will burn it all on the altar. A whole burnt offering, a fire gift, a pleasant fragrance to God. Instead, if the whole burnt offering comes from the flock, whether sheep or goats, present a meal without defect. Slaughter it on the north side of the altar in God's presence. The sons of Aaron, the priests, will throw the blood against all sides of the altar, cut it up, and the priests will arrange the pieces, including the head and the sweat, on the wood prepared for burning on the altar. Scrub the entrails and legs clean. The priests will offer it or burning it on the altar, a whole burnt offering, a fire gift, a pleasing fragrance to God. Verse 14. If a bird is presented to God for the whole burnt offering, it can be either a dove or a pigeon. The priest will bring it to the altar, wring off its head, and burn it on the altar. But he will first drain the blood on the side of the altar, remove the gizzard and its contents, and throw them on the east side of the altar, where the ashes are piled, then rip it open by its wings but leave it in one piece and burn it on the altar, on the wood, prepared for the fire, a whole burnt offering, a fire gift, a pleasing fragrance to God. Praise the Lord. So move to chapter 2. We can see from that chapter 1 that God was very, very particular about not just the offering, but the, the, the so he said the offering should be without defect. So we can relate it to our own day when we give our offering. Praise God. Chapter 2. Grain offering. When, when you present a grain offering to God, use fine flour, pour oil on it, put incense on it, and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest. One of them will take a handful of the fine flour and oil with all the incense and burn it on the altar <laughs> for a memorial, a fire gift, a pleasing fragrance to God. The rest of the grain offering is for Aaron and his sons, a most holy part of the fire gifts to God. Verse 4, when you present a grain offering of oven-baked loaves, use fine flour mixed with oil but no yeast, or present wafers made without yeast. Okay. Or present wafers made without yeast and spread with oil. If you bring a grain offering cooked on a griddle, use fine flour mixed with oil but without yeast. Crumble it and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. If you bring a grain offering deep fried in a pan, 
make it of fine flour with oil. It say, bring the grain offering you make from these ingredients and present it to the priest. He will bring it to the altar, break off a memorial piece from the grain offering and burn it on the altar. A fire gift, a pleasing fragrance to God. The rest of the grain offering is for Aaron and his sons, a most holy part of the gifts to God. Verse 11, all the grain you must never burn any yeast or honey as a fire gift to God. You may offer them to God as an offering of first fruits, but not on the altar as a pleasing fragrance. Season every presentation of your grain offering with salt. Don't leave the salt of the covenant with your God out of your grain offerings. Present if you present a grain offering of first fruits to God. Put oil. The priest will burn some of the mixed grain and oil with all the incense as a gift memorial, a fire gift to God. Praise the Lord. Brajan, please take, take that um, verse 14 to 16 again. Um, we didn't hear some of the parts while you were talking. Oh. I guess it was network. Okay, verse 14. If you present a grain offering of first fruits to God, bring crushed heads of the new grain roasted, of the new grain roasted, put oil and incense on it. It is a grain offering. The priest will burn some of the mixed grain and oil it and oil with all the incense as a memorial, a fire gift to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, Brother John. Thank you, Brother Jose. I'll quickly read the last chapter in today's Bible reading plan. Um, the peace offering, Leviticus chapter 3. If your offering is a peace offering and you present an animal from the herd, either male or female, it must be an animal without any defect. Lay your hand on the head of your offering and slaughter it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Aaron's sons, the priest, will throw, will throw the blood on all sides of the altar as a fire gift to God from the peace offering. Present all the fat that covers or is connected to the entrails, the two kidneys and the fat around them at the leons at the loins and the lobe of the liver that is removed along with the kidneys. Aaron and his sons will burn it on the altar along with the whole burnt offering, which that is on the wood prepared for the fire. A fire gift, a pleasing fragrance to God. If your peace offering to God comes from the flock, bring a male or female without defect. If you offer a lamb, offer it to God. Lay your hand on the head of your offering and slaughter it at the tent of the meeting. That's, that, that's a very amazing statement. Look at what it says. It said, if you offer your lamb, offer it to God. That means you can give an offering and it is not unto God. Because of course, the offering was supposed to be to God. But if God's making this statement, then he's saying that you can actually give an offering. And before God, you did not give an offering. If you offer a lamb, offer it to God. Lay your hand on the head of your offering and slaughter it at the tent of the meeting. 
The sons of Aaron will throw its blood on all sides of the altar. So he's saying that how you give the offering, where you give it according to his instruction would be the determining factor if that offering was unto God. A few days ago, we're talking about, um, 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 I think it was towards the end of the, the month, into this month, we're talking about the first fruit. I also, at different time, had talked about the tithes. And the call of God for those offerings and where they should be given. When you don't give it, your tithe to the beggar, you don't send your first fruit to the orphanage. That is another kind of offering. But the different offerings that God called for in the Bible, there was an instruction on where they should go if they are going to be an offering unto God. If you send your tithe to the orphanage or you give your tithe to your parents or you give your tithe to, um, of course, except your parents are your pastors and then um, you attend their church and, you know, uh, um, the, 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 the structure is, is, is how it should be. So if these things are not given in the way the Bible has specified that they should be given, it is not unto God. That's what today's Bible reading plan is telling us. The sons of Aaron will throw its blood on all sides of the altar as a fire gift to God from the peace offering presents its fat, the entire fat tail cut off close to the backbone, all the fat on and connected to the entrails, the two kidney and the fat around them on the loins and the lobe of the liver, which is removed along with the kidneys. The priest will burn it on the altar, a meal, a fire gift to God. If the offering is a goat, bring it into the presence of God. Lay your hand on its head and slaughter it in front of the tent of the meeting. Aaron's sons will throw the blood on all sides of the altar. As a fire gift to God, present the fat that covers and is connected to the entrails, the two kidneys and the fat which is around them on the loins and the lobe of the liver which is removed along with the kidneys. The priest will burn them on the altar, a meal, a fire gift, a pleasing offering. All the fat belongs to God. This is a fixed rule down the generations, down through the generations, wherever you happen to live. Don't eat the fat. Don't eat the blood. None of it. You know, I, 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 as, we, as we're reading this chapters, I'm thinking when he says don't bring an offering with defects. As a little child, I remember that my dad used to be a businessman. He's gone to glory now. And I remember that as a little child, when my dad would come back from work every day, um, we would help him count money, money from that day's job. And as we counted these monies, we always would separate the clean monies. He would tell us to put it on one side. What was he doing at that time? So the clean monies were separated as offerings. Those were the ones that we gave to God. So on Sunday, as we went to church, my, my dad would bring out all of those neat monies that we had kept during the week, and he would give every one of us an offering. So he knew that the best went to God. It is a defect that you chose, you choose monies that are so, you know, when you, when you, when, if, if, if I asked you for money, if I asked you to give me certain 
maybe um, we work together and I say, please, can I can I have five hundred or can I have a thousand naira or can I have a hundred dollars? You know where you are. Um, 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 you, you will be ashamed to give me a money that doesn't look good. You'll be ashamed to give me a money that is torn or a money that is sold. Let me take it a little further. If you were hanging out with the president of your country or the president of any country, and then he's like, oh, um, John, please, can I have, um, um, I, I don't move around with cash. Do you have a thousand naira there or do you have a hundred dollars there? I want to give this guy. If the money with you were in, were in a bad condition, I'm sure you tell him, sir, I, I, I'm not holding any cash. But are you aware that many Christians in our day, when you see the money that they put into the offering bag, when you see the money that they give in church, sometimes even the amount, some of you are probably in relationship. I don't know why this is coming to my spirit. The money that you give to your girlfriend on a monthly basis, you don't give it to God. And you expect him to accept the one that you are giving him. Are you aware that as a child of God, you must not use on yourself or another person that which you have not used on God? Do you know what it means to say that Christ bought us with a price? You are not your own. Some, you, somebody owns you. You were supposed to be dead and, and doomed in hell. That was the destina destination of every man who came into this world. Hell was the destination. But somebody went to hell and said, no, you won't go to hell. He said, the life that we now live, we live by the faith of the son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. There was something the spirit of God taught me. And I remember that I used to teach those that I've led through the years. Now, thank God, we can do a lot of um, online transfers. Uh, I can be here right now in my house. I can pay my tithes online. I can give my offering online. But back then, when this wasn't available, I know. I remember that when I would when 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 I would get my salary when I was working, and you know, I was earning a particular amount. So while I was in the in the bank, when I go to make a withdrawal, there was there was um um I would I would change. I would, I would ask for certain denomination, you know, so um, I, I gave an offering every day as a matter of fact. So I had, I had the amount I, I would give every day for the daily offering. Then for, for days when there, were, there was service, so there was Wednesday and there was Sunday as service days, I had the amount that I would give on Wednesdays and then I had the amount that I would give on Sundays. And then Saturdays were cell meetings. So that means I was giving every day. So because I had the different amounts that I would give, so I would usually would take, um, 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 take envelopes from church. So I would have enough envelopes for a month. So when I go to the bank and then I collect my salary, because the, the amounts that I've assigned to all my offerings, so I would put them into all the envelopes. So I always ensured that they gave me neat, clean notes for my offerings. If, if they gave me notes, if maybe when I was withdrawing and they gave me notes that were not clean, I will say, okay, please, could you help me change this one? Could you help me change this one? So when I got home, I would sort all the cash and, you know, I would separate all the clean ones and I'll put them into envelopes and then I'll label all my envelopes according to the date of the whole month. 
So the one that was for a day, uh, a day like this, maybe Friday, 12th February, I will label it. So every day I will just look at the date and I'll pick my offering. I'm telling you how far I went to ensuring the kind of offering that I gave unto my God. I wanted to be sure that my offering was acceptable to God at every point in time. There was a how and there was a where. This is what we've read today in Leviticus chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. If you're going to give to God, give to God as though you're giving to God. Don't give to God as though you're giving to a beggar on the street. And do not squeeze your offering. This is something that is very common with Christians. It is extremely and terribly wrong for you to squeeze an offering that you are giving unto God. In most of our churches, they are envelopes. Use the envelopes. Don't bring the money out of your pocket. Squeeze it and then put it into the offering bag. Don't do it. And if you've been doing it, repent. The offering is unto God. Have some reverence. Have some respect. I see it all the time. People put their hands inside their pocket as though they did not know they were coming to church. And then even when there are envelopes in church, many don't make the effort to collect the envelopes. It is the reason there is an envelope. It is not just for the labeling. It's so that you can neatly present your offering with holy reverence unto God. As much as possible, do not give an offering outside of an envelope. The presentation is part of the offering. That's what we are reading. He was telling them how. He said, if you are going to give it unto God, give it like this. There was a how to every offering. So if you did not take anything from today, take the how. Because it is part of the offering. And it is actually what determines what if the offering will be accepted. It's not enough to bring the offering. The offering has to be accepted. And our offerings would always be accepted by our Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Over to you, Brother Martins, for the Pauline affirmation. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Esteem Amarak. Okay, this morning, we're taking our affirmation. And... Um, you'll be projected on the screen. I should take the affirmation. Now, the normal way we take our affirmation, you start with my name is, you say your name, then you take the first paragraph, I have the gift of, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Then I, Martin Scucci, I'm granted, you say your name again, I'm granted. The next one, your name, my love abounds. At the count of three, I hope everyone is unmuted. Please kindly unmute your mic. As you can see this affirmation. At the count of three. My name is Musa Kadidoli. I have spirit of 
Amen. Praise God. You know, while we were while we were um, um taking that affirmation, the spirit of God said to tell somebody here, um, you are a giver and you've always given. But the how of your giving has been affecting your harvest. If you make the adjustments that we've asked you to make at the moment, you will see that there will be a drastic turnaround in your finances and in your financial prosperity. Praise God. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23 as we take the communion. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. There's somebody here, you had an accident and there was a broken bone that has been healing, but is still healing and has caused you a lot of pain. This verse 24 is for you. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Father, as we take today's communion, as we break this bread, we proclaim that you were broken on behalf of this person. And as a result of that breaking, we declare that that broken bone is fixed now by the power of the Holy Ghost because you did it in his place. It had happened to you. When they nailed you on the cross, they broke your bones. Therefore, we refuse broken bones in our bodies. It doesn't matter how it happened. It doesn't matter the doctor's report. We correct it now by the power of the Holy Ghost, by virtue of this communion now. And whatever is broken in the life of anybody here is fixed now. That is the reason we're taking the communion. We are affirming that what you did was enough and that you paid it all. We have nothing more to pay. We will not pay by ourselves for anything that you already paid for. 
Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Break that bread. Break that bread and eat it. Even as you eat it, you will feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost come upon your body. You feel a sensation in that part of your body. He's fixing it now, and it is now. Verse 25, after the same manner, also he took the cup when he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you just shew the Lord's death till he comes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 When Jesus said it is finished, when he said it on the cross, it was indeed finished. Suffering was finished. Sickness was finished. Poverty was finished. Stress was finished. Everything that was of darkness, everything that was not of God was finished. We were birthed into a new life, a new life with endless possibilities, a new life of wealth untold, riches in every place, influence and affluence. And that is the portion of everybody in this place. We enjoy that which you gave us by virtue of your death, burial, and resurrection. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Please take the cup now. I want to say thank you to everyone who shows up every day. And thank you for, 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 for taking your, your, your growth personal your work with God personal, for allowing the spirit of God work on you on a daily basis, you know, these times of one hour that we spend with him. And I want to say congratulations to you, you know, um, I'll, thank you to my co-host. You guys are just amazing. God bless you. Let's share the benediction and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with us now forevermore. Surely, God has all the days of our lives in the house of the Lord. Have a great day, everybody. Please check the response to your mail. Hostential. Thank you, Ma. We love you. Thank you, Ma. I love you, Ma. I love you all too. Ma, I love you so much. I love you too. Thank you. Thank you, Ma. Thank you.